morning, beautiful people. Happy Indigenous Peoples Day. <laughs> if it's around nine o'clock, you got me. I'm Babs Rose Ivy. Welcome to Love Babs Love Talk on 103.5 FM, WNHHLP Community Radio. So, you know, we are live streaming from the New Haven Independent. We are on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all the social media. Harry is back from uh, cleaning up North Carolina. He should be in tomorrow. Nora is still riding shotgun. Thank you, Nora. And Paul Beasy is, I don't know, running running drills at the at the compost heat. <laughs> Cause some of the best news comes from the compost heat. <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> Good morning, happy Monday. Ooh, it's it's brisk. I bought a space heater because I'm not turning on my heat yet. It is not consistently cold enough for me to turn on my heat. I know people have turned on their heat. I just can't do it. So this is what I did. I went to Walmart and, you know, I only go to Walmart. Harry knows this. I only go to Walmart when I don't have enough, when I don't have any money. When I got big wheelie money, I go to Target. (laughs) When I don't, when I got to make every dollar count, I go to Walmart. (laughs) I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one. So I went to Walmart, I bought a space heater, and then I bought an itty bitty tiny space heater for the bathroom just enough to take the chill off the room in the morning when I use it. So I get up in the morning, I click it on, and by the time I'm ready to go in and do what I do, baby, it's warm, it's warm enough. Yes, I bought space heaters because I'm not trying to turn my heat on for the whole apartment just yet. Just I just can't do it. So yeah. Oh yes, my nails are done. Thank you, Sammy. So I got the I got a new treatment. So she put the super gel plex stuff on it as a foundation because my nails was getting too soft. And I don't like long nails. I like my nails very, very short. But she was like, this is going to grow your nails. You think your nails grow fast now? This is going to grow your nails. And so I look at Markeisha's nail. Markeisha grew her nails for a good while, a minute, like a year or two. Beautiful. I don't think I want my nails that long. Um and it's been, it's been, oh God, I haven't had long nails since high school. So that's 40 years ago, you know, cause I, don't, I just don't like long nails and my nails have always been historically soft. So, but this is, feels good. So I might like them a little bit longer than this. I doubt it because, you know, I, I just like to be able to rock and roll the way I want to rock and roll. So let me tell you what I got into this weekend. So y'all know, uh, it was a good weekend. It's, I mean, but you know, I always have a good weekend. I mean, what's a bad weekend for me? Nothing. I mean, you know, even when I'm not doing nothing, it's a good weekend. So, yeah. So I got my nails done Friday. Uh, my Sora Marsha Harris, uh, Harris's birthday was Friday. I didn't get a chance to go celebrate because I knew <laughs> they went, they took a, a Thimble Island cruise, which I probably could have done, but I was getting my nails done. So I, I declined. And then they had like cocktails at Il Gabiano, uh, uh on the water at 7.30, and I, I knew I had to get up in the morning and be ready for the LSAT diagnostic, which is just taking the LSAT in a self-paced way. Um, so I, I didn't want to hang out. I was like, no, I cannot show up to this test feeling like I just got in at two o'clock in the morning and the test is at 9.30. Like, no, I'm not doing that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So I, I said no, and I'm glad I did. Because that test needed all my wherewithal. So I took the LSAT diagnostic on Saturday. Baby! 
<laughs> whatever brain cells I had, whatever cylinders I was firing on, I, you know, it was like running a damn marathon. I was fatigued. Like I was, I literally was fatigued. And I'm a reader. Thank God I started reading. You know, I started reading a lot, a lot voraciously because I wouldn't have been, I really wouldn't have been less prepared. But they were fine because it just, this is just a baseline. And uh, it was just, it was, it was a lot of moving parts. I mean, it was a lot, it took two hours, you know, so I mean, it was two hours. I was just sitting there trying to, and they guide you, like tell you, okay, you know, they, we didn't go in order. We didn't do one, two, three, four. There's like four sections. So we went like three, four, two, one, that kind of thing. Um, uh, it was, uh, it, it was quite challenging. Um, and so my scores didn't register, uh, Saturday. So I got up Sunday morning and, uh, sat through the test again so that my scores could register. Only one section of my scores registered on Saturday. I was pissed beyond measure. Cause I was like, I, I, you know, it's like, it's like you run a marathon, you get to the finish line and they're like, Oh, um, do you, 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 you skip some part of the marathon or some old mess. It felt like that. So I had to go and do the laps all over again. So I did it. I did it yesterday morning. It was fine. It was very peaceful. Actually, it was, it was much better for me to be home doing it than, um, in the space over at the, at the law school space, whatever the hell it was. One of them little, one of them little buildings at Yale. I'm telling you, Yale got so many tricked out buildings. This building is so new. And it's not new, but it's new. Like it, it don't even look like people was ever in this building. <laughs> you know, it's like those cities in China where they build and nobody lives there yet. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Anyway, so we were, we were there, and uh, I, so it just had a lot of, I had a lot of moving parts. So it was better for me to just be home yesterday and, and take it. So I did. So it, it took me two hours. <laughs> I, I didn't shave off any time. <laughs> and there's no cheating because, I mean, you can't, I don't know. I don't know how people cheat on these things. I really, unless somebody gives you the test, I, and even then it's so much, how the hell are you going to know? I don't even know. So anyway, so it, so I recognize, I'm glad I took it. I recognize the rigors of the beast. That's what I know. I know the rigors of the beast now. I didn't do like some of my classmates, my cohort mates. You know, they they took practice tests. They looked. They, I didn't do any of that. I wanted I wanted a clean blank slate because I I I really wanted this to be a gauge of where I was. You know, and and we all did poorly. I mean, we just all did poorly. So which is fine. That's what we were supposed to do poorly. <laughs> We're supposed to do poorly, but it is, it is rigorous. I get it. I, I bow down. I, I get it. So now, now, so now, you know, tonight we have our, our small study group, which is, you know, two hours, five to seven, five, 15 to seven, 15 or some old mess. And so, you know, we'll, we'll go over this and we'll talk about it and they'll get us ready for whatever. And we, we take, we take another diagnostic in December. We should be better. So let me tell you, somebody did me a kindness. Somebody dropped off two LSAT prep books, workbooks for me on the porch Saturday morning. 
I thought that was the kindest thing. Because I don't need, I, I, listen, I don't have any money to invest in this beyond what I'm already investing of time and energy. I don't have any money to do this, right? So somebody getting me books was a, was a lovely kindness. And uh, I have a sense of, I might think who it is, but since they didn't say who it is, I'm not going to say who it is. But thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because me and that book going to be my best friend. Who am I sleeping with? My LSAT test prep books. <laughs> that's that's the new lover in town right now. <laughs> Anybody else thought they was getting on the other side of the bed? You're mistaken. You know what's there? LSAT prep. Because, <laughs> baby, it is. It is. But you know what? Let me tell you something. I love the rigorous study. I didn't. I, I knew I would love rigorous study. I love it. I love it. I love. I love being able to make my mind do stuff. You know, I just. I love. I love that kind of commitment to thinking. I, I just. I love it. So, and I, you know, pass fail, whatever the hell it is. I just love being in the mix of it. That's where I'm at. So, oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Um, so Thursday I was in, um, I think I already talked about this, um, that I was, I, I, I was in, uh, uh, where was I? I was at Connecticut State University listening to Kamala Harris, Johanna Haynes and, uh, Alexis, um, McGill Johnson. I think I already talked about this and they were there to have the conversation on women, a woman's right to choose and the, and the way this Supreme Court it's overturned Roe v. Wade. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I listen for me, this is a lesson in white supremacy. These people don't give a damn whether black women are having abortions or not. It's, this is not, this is our fight, but it's not about us. It, it really isn't. What for me, this fight is about white women not having enough babies. And that scares a lot of these white men and some of these white women. They could crouch her however way they want. I understand what this is really about underneath. You can't tell me otherwise. They don't want these white women, young white women having abortions. They want these young white women to be having all these babies and all this other kind of stuff. So they want to control what these white women do with their bodies. And we are just collateral damage in this fight because they don't give a damn about black women and our maternal, maternal health, our reproductive health. You can't tell me that there's some concern about that. There is not. With that said, so it was a wonderful conversation to have three black women on stage. The 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 the, the second in command of the of the high of the of the of the free world, and uh, the woman who runs Planned Parenthood Federation, and uh, the local elected uh, uh, congressional uh, leader Johanna Haynes Hayes. So there you go. But anyway, so uh, so I did that Saturday. And then I just kind of, uh, I, I went over to, uh, after I finished my test, I went over to uh, Possible Futures and met Jerry Craft. Now, Jerry Craft is a cartoonist. He's an author. He's all, he's all these things. But when, but when he came on the scene with the inner city, and he started with the inner city from the very beginning with Mama's Boys, the comic strip. I never met him. I've only talked to him on the phone for years and years and years. And then email, when email became a thing. <laughs> I know I, I'm old enough. Email was not a thing, um, 
So it was lovely to meet him um, and, 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 and to talk to him and to see him and take pictures. It was a wonderful, a wonderful afternoon spent at Possible Futures Bookstore. Y'all know this, it's right there on the corner of, uh, of uh, Edgewood and Hotchkiss. Just, you know, it's just a, it's just a wonderful bookstore. You can't help but enjoy it, right? So anyway, they were there, Professor Foster showed up, and, you know, Professor Foster could go. Let me tell you something. That brother could go. He is a comic, black comic book historian, and, uh, and he's so full of energy. And I so adore him. I adore him. So it was good. So, you know, I was there. Ife was there. Um, um, Bianca K was there. I mean, all kinds of people. Ken Walton passed through. Uh, uh, the young Don McCauley Jr. passed through, Dr. McCauley. Uh, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful afternoon. I saw my girl, Janeska. She's so cute. She is the cutest thing. And all these kids. And so it was a wonderful, a wonderful, uh, it was a wonderful day. And so, uh, so after that, I came on home and uh, chilled out a little bit because, you know, Saturday. Uh, oh, yeah, I popped by uh, Mike Moran. And uh, caught up with him at uh, at the Beinecke, and uh, you know took a little. Let me tell you. Let me tell you the coolest thing that he let me do. He let me hold um, Langston Hughes' pen, his actual ink pen that he used for like forty years. You know when he was writing letters, he had a beautiful penmanship. But you know, I think black people in those days who could read and write um, had beautiful penmanship. He was he was very deliberate. Um, with his penmanship. It was beautiful. So anyway, Mike Moran let me hold the pen. <laughs> I was in fangirl. I was in fangirl heaven. And then I and I got to read some 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 letters that were written by uh George Washington, like his actual letter. That's freaky. People had beautiful penmanship, you know, in the 1800s. <laughs> on big paper, <laughs> beautiful penmanship. So I, so I got to do that. So anyway, I was hanging out with him because we were talking about a few things that are gonna um, come up and, uh, and, and what I could lend my voice to, my actual speaking voice to. So I'm excited about that. Happy anniversary, Tom Breen and Lucy Breen. They made a, they made a donation to the Freedom Fund, the, women, the Freed Woman, Freed, Freedom Fund is the NAACP, the Freed Woman's Fund. Um, at some point, um, at the, as soon as January turns, because I said I would give myself uh, till I'm 60 to start doling out this money, and that's just a few months away. Um, and I'm gonna start giving away the money. The money is in like I have an it's an endowed fund now. I am a bona fide philanthropist, which does my heart um, some real good, some real, real, real good. And uh, I'm so excited. Um, by that so excited by that um that people were kind enough and people you know here's the thing what i found out just recently that people are making recurring gifts to the freed woman fund like people every month some of the same people are giving like they have it as as part of their their giving i'm so honored i i am beyond honored by that I'm just honored. So I can't wait to start giving away some of this money, you know, putting it out there and then re-raising it, re-raising more money. You know, I, 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 after adopting my children, this is probably one of my most wonderful things I've ever done in my life. 
aside from adopting children. And, and I, I've got a lot of things I could really put up there, you know, graduating college and grad school and grad school and, and, and elected to office. All the, I, I mean, I could, there's a laundry list of amazing things that I've been able to do. Being in the White House and talking to Bill Clinton, getting an award from the Points of Life Foundation for the work that I did on Jumpstart. I mean, there's a lot of things that I, I could actually happily be proud of, but this, this uh, aside from raising children, this, this Freed Woman Fund is, is, is uh, monumentous to me. And, and I, you know, I was thinking about this the other day because I, Paul is reading the book by um, um, Nicholas Dowdall. And I had asked him, I said, am I, am I mentioning the book? Because I spent a considerable amount of time, an afternoon with uh, Nikki. And he's like, I don't think so. <laughs> and then he must have come across the page where I mentioned. And he takes a picture of it. He's like, oh, yeah, you are in this book. <laughs> you know how many books I am in in the world that somebody mentions me by name? That is, now, that, for me, that's like artistically one of the coolest things. I'm in maybe three or four books mentioned by my name. You know, uh, uh, Misa Akbar, uh, Jennifer Bazile, um, Odell, uh, and and now um, Nicholas Dowdorf's book. And I'm so excited. And then I heard from um, uh, the artist uh, the other night who is having a baby. I wonder if Kay knows if she you knows if she's having a baby. Kentura Davis. So Kentura Davis was um, uh, a Next Haven uh, artist fellow. And she did these works and she did these portraits. She did one of me and one of Kay. And they hung in a museum in New York. They sold before they got to the, to the museum, but they still, hung in the, they still hung in the gallery. I'm sorry. They still hung in the gallery in New York, uh, but they were sold immediately. I don't know where they were sold to, I, but, to, to, to be immortalized in that way is probably right up there with if, if I got to go to space. <laughs> I think I'm hanging somewhere in somebody's house or collection. Me, and it's called Babs. It's Babs, blah, 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 something, number, color, thing, whatever. And it's stunning. Like, it's me. I, like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm living on somebody's wall somewhere. I, so anyway, I contacted Couture the other day because, you know, I like to stay in touch with people on a regular basis. I, I do this whole thing where I just stay in touch with people around the world, people I know. And it is so much easy to do these days. Send off a text, a message, blah, blah, blah. Send a note. It's easy. It's not hard for me. It's not a heavy lift. And, and she sends me back this message. Oh, you know, I'm on maternity leave. I was like, maternity leave? <laughs> She's nine months pregnant. This baby is coming any minute now. And she's like, oh man, my, I have something for you. I told you this last year and I lost track because she went here and there in Africa and all over the place. And she's like, but my assistant's gonna get in touch with you because I have something for you. Now, I don't know what this could be. I'm hoping it's the print of the portrait that she did of me, baby. If that's the case, oh my Lord. Anyway. There's so many little magic moments like that. So many, so many magic moments that just 
Yeah. I'm gonna tell you something. And I know people won't understand this, but if I die today, I, I, I will have accomplished a great many dreams on my list. Seriously. And I don't know how many people could say that. I don't know how many people could say that they've done, you know, when you look at my high school yearbook, I had already accomplished that 20 years ago, what I said I was going to do, you know, well, I haven't become president of the United States, but <laughs> when I got as close as I'm a human, <laughs> I'll tell you that, I'll tell you what, I've been in the Oval Office. <laughs> So, so baby, let me tell you something. So I, I pretty much accomplished a great many things. So now I've got new, you know, there's new dreams. Like, you know, the, the list is refreshed because I've already done 90% of the things that I even could dream of in, in the first half of my life. So I'm in the second half. I got new dreams. <laughs> I got a whole new list. Who knew? <laughs> You know, I, I, and I, I think about this because there's still some things that I want to do and I'm excited. And I'm like thinking about, oh, how can I do this? How can I do? This? I mean, like, first of all, doing this job right here as a kid that was sent to the principal's office for talking too much in class, this, this is like the perfect, <laughs> and I, and I got, I, listen, listen. The teachers that taught me as kids are still in this community, in my community, in the New Haven community. Mr. Aguavita, Ms. Chapman, a whole bunch of teachers that I knew me when I was a kid who listened to this show. <laughs> oh my Lord. I love it. I love it. So to all those teachers and to all those kids, if they're sitting into the principal's office because you're talking too much, just know you have a future. <laughs> you have a future. You have a future. Don't be daunted by, don't think that you're less than or there's something wrong with you or you must be bad. No, you just, the seeds are just being planted for your trajectory. That's all. Look at it that way. That's how I'm looking at it. <laughs> baby, baby. Whew. All right, so what do I got today? So we got study group today. I am going to be doing a lot of talking. I've got a bunch of guests this week. Like I've got guests, guests, guests. Tomorrow I got Paul Nunez. He's going to come and talk about um, Hispanic American month and how uh, you can give to uh, organizations. And uh, I, I got to get it right, but I'll give you more information tomorrow. But just know that Paul Nunez, he's a lobbyist, has a, his own lobbying, lobbyist firm here in Connecticut, but he's coming on tomorrow and he's been blowing me off for him and his wife talia aiken nunez have because she's a she's an author she's got like a bunch of children's book latino inspired they've been blowing me off for years and years, and years. now they're good friends of mine because tanya tanya talia talia was my first campaign manager and she's probably one of the best out there but she doesn't want to do campaign stuff anymore um just doing it because of mama uh, so anyway, Paul is coming on tomorrow. I'm excited. Maybe I can get her to come on too, but she, you know, God knows people, people think this is heavy lifting. Wednesday, I got the new, uh, the new Haven docs folks coming on. Um, Gorman is coming on to talk about it's, it's new Haven docs documentary films, you know, uh, uh, it's that time of year again, which is exciting. And I am going to be facilitating a panel 
uh, for them around a film that they sent me and I watched around uh, 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 a school issue in Chicago. And baby, ugh, it was just, I, I'm so glad it ended the way it ended because I was, I was having so much anxiety about, uh, about the possibilities. Good morning, Margo. Um, oh, tomorrow I'm doing, um, tomorrow also I am hosting uh, Pecha Kucha at the East Rock Brewery in, on Nickel Street. So I am, I am the MC for Pecha Kucha. I, I'm not doing it. I've done it twice. I'm not doing it. Uh, but there's some cool people doing it, like Julia and uh, Mistina, and a couple other people. It's a it's ladies' night. It's a, it's a, it's it's ladies' night. Don't forget to get some distilled water. Ladies' night um, at Petchacucha. So come have some beers, hear some good stories, and if you come tomorrow, I'll tell you all about what Petchacucha is. It's fun. It's one of my favorite things to do. Although I'm not doing it this time. Mm. So, so yeah, so Wednesday, Wednesday I have uh, Gorman on. We're going to talk New Haven Docs Film Festivals. And I love when we talk about it because he tells me all the ones that he likes and ones we'd be surprised by and blah, 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 blah. Thursday, Anru! Because we got to get that ancestor healing, baby. We got to get that ancestor healing. So by, that, by Thursday, I'll be ready to have that conversation with him. And then uh, Friday, I've got Goldie E. Patrick, who is the director of um, from the Mississippi Delta, which is going to be at the Westport um, Country Playhouse. And I have to figure out a way to go. My schedule is so tight right now. Like it's tight, 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 tight. And, uh, and they, you know, they want to give me tickets. And I'm just trying to figure out, you know, and it's only there for a little, you know, things are not staying at theaters for like weeks. So it's a finite amount of time um, that, it's, that it's there. And uh, night night market starts night uh, the ninth square. Uh, no, no, it's not gonna be the ninth square. You know what it's gonna be? It's gonna be a uh, Upper Chapel Street. So they're gonna block this the street from I don't know College to York and uh, night market would be up that way, which would be kind of cool. They used to do festivals up that way and hold block parties on that street. They would just block it off. I I know because my friends used to used to do it. They used to Jamie Burnett and Ben Allen and Tom Brown, and they would be striking the stage, putting up stage, putting up lights. I mean, it was just a whole mood. So that's happening. Uh, Long Wharf Theater saying goodbye on Friday. So uh, if you want to go see behind the scenes of the theater, which I might do because I've never, actually, I've never been behind the scenes in the theater. I've never been back there all this time. And I'm on the damn board. I've never been back there. Eh, some things you just can't do. And then we're having a, a block party and our new administrative digs over in Audubon. And Audubon is just the right amount of space to have a party. Just It's just a good space to have a party. So so Saturday, come, in, come and do that. And then uh, something's going on at the De Silva Gallery. I don't know why. Somebody sent me something that's going on at the De Silva Gallery, and I didn't put it in my notes. I just put the Silver Gallery. <laughs> I got to go back and I don't know why I do that craziness. I have to do better, like putting explicit notes and things, so I know what the hell I'm doing. So anyway, oh, and thank you to the shout out, uh, Pete. I think it's Pete. Thanks for listening to me, Pete. He sent me a message saying he was listening to me, and I was rambling on about some kind of economic issue. Uh, but he but he liked my show. So thank you for listening. If you're listening 
again this morning. I appreciate you, baby. Appreciate you. Appreciate everybody who tunes in. I, I do. I do. I do. I do. You know, and I, and I love the way y'all run up on me, too. <laughs> in, in all the spaces. <laughs> Ooh, I appreciate it. So, so, yeah. So next week, this week, we are doing a lot of talking. And uh, next week, um, uh, uh, Monday, Elm City Lit Fest, because that following week, that weekend is um, Elm City Lit Fest. So come and talk about that. Alexis and uh, Lynn uh, next week. Uh, Nicholas Dowdorf, uh next week. Mm, the Symphony folks on the 20th. And uh, that's it. So that's a lot. That is a that's a lot of talking, <laughs> and it don't stop there because I got the the folks who are organizing um, the New Haven's finest uh, uh, showcase, which is going to be at the Schubert, and uh, some of the some of the finest talent in New Haven get together and do a a, a performance of their of their work um, at the Schubert. So you know uh, I'm going to be their MC for that. So come, that'll be fun. That'll be that'll be very fun. Very, very fun. Uh, and then I got some other folks coming. I think the links are coming on. Uh, Rue is back on. Uh, and Dr. Uh, Camelia Lawrence is coming on um, to talk about breasts because we're not limited to breast cancer conversation to uh, just uh, October. We got to get these breasts checked. People got to be checking these breasts on the regular. Not just October. I mean, fine if you schedule your, your mammograms for every October, but you need to be checking your breast, particularly you women with fibrous or dense breasts, be checking your breast on a regular basis. And, you know, train your man to get, get to, to look too. Cause you might miss something. So, you know, I'm just saying, do what you gotta do people, do it. Let's save some lives. I just saw uh, an announcement that colonoscopy, colonoscopies um, give you a 50% chance of, uh, they could, they, they, they have a 50%, uh, detection rate. So they could, they could, they can, you know, increase your lifespan of, uh, of curing colorectal cancer. If you have a colonoscopy and they can catch it. Come on, y'all. Let's, let's be about our, our, uh, let's be about our, our healing, you know, our real healing and our health. Because if you don't got your health, you don't got a damn thing. And don't be playing fast and loose with your health. Don't, don't do it. Take care of yourself. Get the tests that you need. Get the checkups that you need. Go see your doctors. All of that. I want to live long. There's so many things I want to do. I can't be messing around. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not ready to die yet. I'm like, oh, it's just getting good. Shoot. <laughs> It's just getting good. So I just listen, I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you. So I uh Hall and Oates was at uh the Mohegan Sun performing. And uh I know uh uh I saw uh 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 Ruby Melton and Diane Brown and maybe um and uh Ruby's wife. I think I I think I saw her too, but I know I saw Diane and, and Ruby, but I had other friends who were uh there too. Um, Sammy and uh, and her and her guy um, were there. So, 
Man, all the notes. I had I was playing some seventies music in my seventy music in my car, and a couple of Hall of Notes songs came up. I was like, "Yeah, go ahead now." Hall of Notes still they still rocking out. Good for them. Get it in. Get it in. I finally found me some light roast coffee, because you know, light roast coffee has the most caffeine. I don't make the rules. I just play by them. So I, uh, I'm so excited that I got me, I get a full jolt of coffee in my system. <laughs> Woo, I got up this morning, I did some stretching, I did a little workout. I feel really good. Uh, and now I got to make this part of my daily, my habit. I said, you know, I got some goals, some health goals that I want to hit. Um, Cause I'll be 60 next year. Oh boy. Excited to be 60. I am. I'm not like these other people. And I, you know, I got some pictures of, I posted up a picture for my new profile and that's uh, a great picture. It's a picture taken by um, um, uh, Carissa Van Tassel. And, uh, and I, 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 I see that I'm aging. Like I see it. I see it, you know, little fine lines under the eyes and, Whatever. And, and I and I know most people are like, I don't even see it. I see it, which is fine. Like, I, I have no intentions of doing anything about it. Like, there's no, I, I don't know what I would do. I'm not Botoxing anything. I'm not, I'm not doing any of that. I'm going to age how I age. Whatever wrinkles show up, however this neck gets, that's how it's going to get. I don't, I watched this, this little video, somebody's TikTok, where they, they take a tape and then they pull your face all the way back and pull your scalp up and then put your hair over it. And I'm thinking, and I get it. I Listen, I'm not knocking nobody's beauty hustle. No, I'm not, I'm not condemning it. I think you have to do whatever makes you feel good. And if that means taping up your face and pulling it back so that it, it gives you that look of youth or whatever it is you think you've gone for, I don't got no beef with that. I'm got and first of all, I'm just saying this is all about what I'm not going to do. <laughs> me, me, Babs Rose Ivy. I'm not, I'm not going to fill in wrinkles. Like here's some wrinkles here. Like I'm looking at myself on camera, and uh, I've got some um, some eczema on my on, on my uh, right side of my chin, and uh, I'm not. I'm, I, I got a wrinkle in my forehead, right? See that? I'm not filling that in so it looks like this all the time, even when I frown. When I frown, I want you to know I'm frowning. <laughs> when I am displeased, I want you to see my displeasure. <laughs> I want you to see it. So when I purse my lips, I want you to see... I want you to see all the ring. I want you to know that it's pursed. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. You know, when I when I give you that look, I want you to see all, all of it. I don't, I'm not tightening up. No, I'm not filling in. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just not, I don't, I want to age how I age. That's it. And I know people are like, oh, babe, your skin is so nice, blah, 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 blah. I, I listen, I didn't create the skin. This that's just genetics. I'm just telling you what I'm not going to do to preserve this. I will do a night cream and a morning cream. I'll do an exfoliation. Like I'll do basic stuff. 
but I'm not injecting anything in my lips. I'm not having a facelift. I'm not pulling, tucking my neck. I'm not, doing, I'm not doing any of that. I, I, if I had the money though, I will, I would, um, uh, hike up my, my, my breasts. I would do that. I had, I had my breasts augmented, I don't know, before grad school. Um, I had about, I don't know, like 13 tumors or some old mess that they had to remove. And, um, and so it made, it, it made my breasts smaller because I had really, really, really large breasts. And, uh, and so when I had the reduction, because it was, uh, they were just, because we had, I had a lot of cancer in my family and all this other kind of stuff. So I had the breast reduction and they took out all these tumors. I'm very tumorous, tumorous. <laughs> I'm very tumor, tumorous. I have lots of tumors. <laughs> so anyway, so I would, I would go back and let them do it again and hike them up. <laughs> that, that'd be, but that would be pure vanity. Like that's just, that's just wishful talking. In reality, I probably wouldn't do that again because I don't want to be unnecessarily under the knife. And I've had a lot of surgeries in my whole life, a lot, you know, um, besides just the hip surgeries. I had an emergency appendectomy in my mid-20s. And so I have a scar. Um, and now most people, the appendectomy scars are very, very small, like a cesarean scar. But I have a whole scar the length of my belly, horizontal, uh, vertical. It's a vertical scar <laughs> on the right side, on the right side of my navel. That is, it's about, I don't know, about as long as my forearm. So I've had a, I've had a lot of surgeries in my day. So I, I don't, I wouldn't want to go under the knife just for some cosmetic shit. I mean, oops, cosmetic stuff. I just wouldn't want to do it. Um, but I'm just saying if, 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 if there was a wish and that's the wish I could have, I would have these girls hiked up. <laughs> I'm not trying to get my butt filled in or any of that mess. I don't want a tummy tuck. I don't want any of that. But if I could have the girls hiked up and smaller, that's what I would do. I'm not kidding you, but that's all right. I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. So I'm just saying I'm not doing any heroic measures to be youthful. <laughs> no heroic measures for youth. I know there are women out there who are blading their face and putting cream. I, I get it. I, I'll wash my face, put some moisturizer on, and that's the beginning and the end of it. That's it. I'll do a little hydronic oil or uh, acid. I'll do that, you know, to keep the skin supple. But any other heroic measures beyond that, I'm not getting the Botox. I'm not getting a peel. I'm not, I'm not doing any of that. <laughs> I'll go and sit and have a good facial. I'll do that. So no, no shade to the women who feel like that's what they want to do. I just got other things on my mind. And, and I know this, beauty is fleeting. And really, physical beauty is, is, is such the least of things on, on the scale of what makes you beautiful. Physical beauty is, is probably at the low end of the totem pole. 
you know, there's so much more to us than how we look. And, I, I, and this is because I've, I've aged, I'm older. I've learned a thing or two. I've learned a thing or two, you know, and I, I don't want to be a slave to keeping up a level of beauty um, that is elusive, forever elusive. I don't, I don't have that. I don't have that energy. Um, and, and so you won't see me chasing beauty that way. I'm not going to do it. So that's why, that's why I don't mind being fat. You know, it doesn't, I used to, it used to, I used to be chasing this, this idea of, I need to be less and by less smaller and thinner. And I know people are like, oh, but health, I, I, I got a better A1C than some people I know who are thin. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have very little cellulite on my body. Like I don't have puckery skin or anything like that. I'm not just, I, I don't have any of those issues. Yes, um, I'm not even diabetic anymore to tell you the truth. Uh, uh, I have high blood pressure, you know, that runs in my family. Some of that stuff is just genetic stuff. I don't care what you do. Um, I don't care what you do. If it's, if it's cholesterol and high blood pressure, if it's genetically, and yes, there are people who can reverse it and you can re reverse it. And I've, I've dropped down medication wise for a lot of things. And, but that was mostly because of diet. You know, when you stop eating meat, when you stop eating meat, a lot of that stuff goes away. A lot of that stuff goes away. Your cholesterol levels level off, your blood pressure levels off. When you stop eating high concentrations of meat, you know, and it's not just red meat, it's all kinds of meat, you know, um, so, and I don't, I don't eat a lot of meat anyway, you know, if I'm somewhere, I'll have a chicken or a steak or something, but when I'm, when I eat out, I don't have those things on a regular basis, I usually get vegan kinds of things, you know, because um, it's just, a, just the way that I eat these days, so, you know, and now that I can move around a little bit more, you know, I can incorporate some walking and some other exercise um, that'll that'll uh, probably trim me down a, a lot more. You know, because I couldn't I couldn't for the last couple of years because of these hips so much pain. So, but you know, that's neither here nor there. But but I don't I um I I've long since given up hating being fat. You know, because that's a, that's another level of self hatred, and 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 we live in a culture that really hates fat people. And thinks that somehow or other um, thinness is more attractive. And, you know, I, I don't have a problem with the people being attracted to me. That's never been my problem. I never, I've never been without the attentions of men. Come on. No, no who, what? <laughs> is that because I'm thin? <laughs> it's because I'm fabulous. <laughs> so, you know, I don't. I, I'm not having those. If people have a problem with me being fat, that is their problem with themselves about me. It has nothing to do with me. I, I don't I don't concern myself with that anymore. I just don't. And and I don't I don't deal with people. I don't even get in these conversations with people when they start having these ridiculous conversations about weight loss and oh I gotta lose weight. And I don't even I don't engage in those conversations. I just sit there and be quiet because it's just it's just a small, ridiculous conversations that don't go anywhere <laughs> people want to talk about what they eat in a diet all the time and and you know 
I just look at them and I'm like, all right, well, that's if that's how you want to spend your time talking about that stupid stuff, go ahead. You know, I got to lose 10 pounds or, ooh, I'm, you know, I'm on this. I was like, whatever. Okay. Good. <laughs> but guess who's out here having a good ass time? Guess who's being invited to all the fun things? I, I don't, I don't spend my, t- I don't, I'm not having those conversations with people about uh dire diet and, and, and all of that. I just don't engage it because this is what I know. And I, and I've noticed this over the last several years that, that people, when people start having these conversations about fatness and weight and you're fat and then you're in the space, they're really trying to say they're, they, they, they don't find you attract. Like they, they are repulsed by your fatness and they want to make you feel bad about being fat. I've been in, I can't tell you how many conversations I've been with people who start these conversations about weight loss and fatness and, you know, and all these kinds of things. Uh, And they, and I know why they're doing it because they know that I'm fat and they think that, you know, that somehow or other I'm going to be shamed by that or less than I'm not going to be any of that. <laughs> I just, I just have the confidence of who I am. And you know, here's the thing about me. Even as, and I've been fat for quite some time. I never, I never allow my fatness to dictate how I move in the world. I just move in the world. That's just what it is. I didn't know you were here. I thought you was gone. <laughs> My daughter is here. I didn't even know she was here. <laughs> oh, that's right. You know what? I thought I heard you. I, th- I was like, oh, and I said, I said, oh, she's gone early this morning. Okay. Why well, are they doing work on the street? Oh, they're paving our street. Hooray. So when I tell you I'm accepting of who I am, I, I, I mean that. And I used to, I, I, I was looking at, my journals and I was looking at some old Facebook posts and some posts and I spent a lot of time trying to lose weight, a lot of time. And I didn't realize how much time I spent trying to lose weight. And I actually lost weight because I needed to have this surgery. You know, he was like, you need to lose 50 pounds. I lost it. I buckled down and I lost it and got this, got the surgeries that I needed. Now I've since put 50 pounds back on, which is, you know, what it, whatever it is. And, uh, and he'd like me to lose it again. <laughs> and I probably will. And, and then we'll level off to, to some degree, you know, because, uh, you, you know, you put it back on when you get out of the routine or whatever it is you were doing. And, uh, once you have the first surgery, um, uh, you got to wait for that to heal before you you can do anything. You know, but they tell you there's not a whole lot you can do. You have to, you know, there's some exercises that you can do. You do a little bit of walking, but you can't overdo it. And you got to um, go easy. And then six months later, I had the second surgery. Uh, and that's how I stacked it. I, I wanted I wanted to be all done within a year. I didn't want to wait, wait a, a year for the second surgery. I was like, what can we do humanly possible? And they were like four to six months. I was like, okay. So he got me in the six month mark. And I was like, all right, that's what we do. 
So, so the left, the left hip hadn't healed fully when I got the right hip done, which is fine. But now I think I'm, I'm, I'm a year out, a year and a half for the first hip and a year, the second hip. So, um, so that puts me in a good, good place. So, so I can start moving and, and be about the business of physical exercise, but that's it. Like I'm no longer having these conversations about losing weight. I'm not putting that on my mind. I'm not, I'm not doing any of that. I'm not having that conversation. I am not even going to gauge that conversation with people. When people start having that kind of conversation in my presence, I'm going to shut up. Cause I, that's just not the conversations I want to, I want to be having with people. I'm not kidding you. I'm not having these. I'm not having these fat shaming conversations with people. I'm not. I don't want to hear people talk about how much they hate, you know, this much weight or whatever. I don't. I'm not. I love everything about myself, and that has taken me 59 years to get here to say that, and I mean it. I'm not. I'm not. I listen. You don't like fat women. You don't gotta like fat women. I, what the hell? <laughs> I'm not desperate. I'm not thirsty. I'm not unhappy, and I'm not lacking for any kind of attention whatsoever. I'm done. I like myself, as my friend Ife was will say. I like to come near myself. <laughs> I like to come near myself. And, uh, I, and I, you know, I watch these people get all weepy and, oh, I want a man. I want to get married. I want to, okay, good. <coughs> I, I've had, a, I've had men and I've been married. You know what I want now? Absolute freedom. <laughs> absolute freedom. And I shall have it. That's what I want. I want absolute freedom. I don't, I don't. People can have whatever they want, you know, and 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 I I don't say that because I want everybody to feel the way I feel. No, I think I think I want people to feel however way they want to feel, whatever makes sense for their life. I just know for me, I, I'm not looking for anything other than my own absolute happiness. That's it. Now, if a brother or man comes in my comes my way. And he got something on the ball. He's he's got something about himself, and you know he don't need a mama, and he don't need a big sister, and he don't need you know he can carry himself in the world. He's well read and well traveled. I, I might give him some conversation, but I'm not looking. I'm not. I I'm just about my own freedom and liberation. <laughs> I I mean that. I've not been, I am the happiest I have ever been in my entire life in this moment. Right now in my life, I'm the happiest. And and I now granted, there's a lot of things that are not going right. <laughs> like my my apartment does not reflect my fabulousness. It does not. But there's nothing I could do about that in this moment, except small things to sort of make it more to my liking but you know circumstances arise and you've got to yield to circumstances it doesn't stop me from being fabulous i got somewhere to lay my head every night bills are paid i'm happy I, this is the happiest i've been in my whole life right this minute right this minute and i'm not going to trade that for anything 
And I'm not going to let anybody come in and disrupt this level of peace and freedom and liberation that I am building for myself. I'm not doing it. No one is going to come in and throw me off my path. Now, I get romance and sex and excitement and and getting it. I, I Who doesn't love all that stuff? As romantic as I am, I love it. I love it. But that that those are moments. <laughs> I'm I'm talking about real freedom and liberation. So that when somebody does come my way, and if they come my way now, I'm ready. I'm always ready. Why? Because I'm happy with myself. I love myself. I can't be gaslighted. I can't be, I'm not gonna tolerate being, I'm not gonna tolerate a whole lot of things. I'm just, I don't need to. <laughs> I just don't need to. I don't need to. I, I like who I am. I like the life that I get to lead. I like the people that I roll with. I love my 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 girlfriends. I, I do. I have such a good time with them. I enjoy their company. I like who they are. I like the stuff that they're working on. I love seeing them do all the things that they want to be doing. I love the way that they build community. I love the way they are in my community far and wide, you know, far and wide. I don't, you know, I, I go to bed. I don't worry about, I don't got no worries on my brain. I wake up. I don't got no worries on my brain. And I remember in my life, I, I had so many worries and fears and, and, and things that it, it, it called, almost caused me to take my own life. And I, I look back at that, not, not ashamed or embarrassed, just like, man, that was a dark time. That was a very dark time times very dark times but now baby we all good so i'm just saying so what you see is what you get what you see is what you get and uh i get to live a beautiful life and i'm and i'm excited about that i'm happy about what i get to do where i get to be and at this part of my life i i, I really am I mean, there's some things that I like to do more of. Yeah, there is a few more things, a few more things, clear my plate of a few more things. And, and I will. Uh, uh, and uh, and I'll, I'll be uh, 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 good. I'm a Taurus, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a creature of habit and comfort. <laughs> I'm a Taurus. So, or as my friend Ben Allen says, the goddess of fine, fine food and wine, fine, fine, fine food and drink. <laughs> yes, those are my pleasures. My pleasures. I like comfort. I like a lot of comfort. I don't like roughing it. I don't like, I like, I like comfort. You know, I like an ease. I like softness and, you know, gentle textures. And I, I like all that kind of stuff. Luxury. I like, I like luxury. I like luxury. All right. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to pause for station identification and PSAs. And uh, Nora's going to play it for us in a minute. Y'all are listening to Love Baz Love Talk on 103.5 FM WNHH. You know, we're live streaming all over the place. So Nora, 
run them PSAs. I'll be back at about 10, 15, because, you know, I got to take a break. And uh, y'all be good. Do you know if the kids have to get the COVID vaccine for school? My five-year-old starts kindergarten this year. It's not required, but I did get mine vaccinated to be on the safe side. There were several cases of COVID in the classes this year, and I'm happy they all stayed healthy. I just keep wondering if the COVID vaccine is the right thing for my child. I understand fully. And from what I've seen, there's been no major issues with my friends or their children. The COVID-19 vaccine is safe and effective, and it improves people's lives. Thanks to this vaccine, there is less spread and fewer symptoms reported by those who get infected. Now everyone over the age of six months can get it, and no appointment is necessary. Find out more at nhvvax.com, nhvvax.com. Make summer safer. Protect your family from COVID-19. Anyone over nine months old can get vaxxed. No appointment necessary. Visit nhvvax.com. That's nhvvax.com for everything you need to know. I'm New Haven Health Director Marissa Bond. If you or your family have COVID-19 symptoms or think you were exposed to someone with COVID, quarantine, stay home, and get tested on day five if possible. If you have COVID, isolate, wear a mask, vaccinate, get boosted, and tested as needed. Those are the best ways to stop the spread of COVID. At this time, we are vaccinating everyone ages five and up. Stay safe, New Haven. Hi, this is Babs Rawls-Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. I want to dance all night, Monday morning, I'm sick of this job already. With this book in a little while Me and my girls, we turned it up last week Boys love this club, cause ladies get in free We love to party Dance all night, work all day Right days here and the week is up away Hit the floor, just past it So they all can see that we've 
Tried to flip, didn't get tossed. Mm-hmm. Pearly whites, time to floss. Yeah. Got top billing, counted the cost. Everybody knows that you're a go getter. Said we would smile as you earned your cheddar. Work real hard, and who could do better than you, Bob? You got through the week. I didn't give you trip when we did speak. Yeah, I'm JK, and I'm doing my thing. All my dicks is selling like champagne. This is Ace Livingston, and you're listening to 103.5 FM, WNHH. On his bait, you're gonna let a good catch get away. This song could be about how we first met, but how we gonna reminisce when you haven't got over him yet? This song could be about what you're searching for. You're looking all over town, and I'm knocking on your front door. This could be.
about all wedding day But you just had to go to see him That decision left me in dismay This song should be about When I got your call Saying you weren't ready for marriage That you couldn't come at all This song should be about Instead of so far when he hurt you, I was there to dry your tears. This song came out, how I'm not around. See, I came to my senses, holding my feet back on the ground. Yeah. 
didn't understand So I had to come up with a master plan Figure some time for us to hang out Show you that the dollars is what she's about She invited a friend to tag along And this is where it gets funky in the song Cause she came through the door with the faded jeans Looking like a model in a magazine She's fine Saying they want more Fellas to get on the floor Then somebody screams It's got to be J King on the scene You know that I'm a party fiend So I call a stages To Tigabana Passage, yes No, I have to impress Can't come with nothing less Been on the Macasto Cats won the battle but they don't know Just which way I flow You might be right Don't you know that my game is tight Got you right in my sight Don't believe all the hype We're gonna rock tonight Yo, can you give me a dance You got too much It's up to the dance floor Got all these shorties And they're all screaming more Got so much That they wanna show you Want you to think That they know It's up to the dance floor. You 
because that's what we're calling it. We are no longer calling it Columbus Day. We are calling it Indigenous People Day because when Columbus got here, these folks was already here. Imagine somebody coming over your house and like, I discovered this house. <laughs> and you're like, uh, no, you didn't. We're here. <laughs> you know, as I am reading uh, The Color of Law for class, I, I, I'm starting to understand why white folks don't want uh, what they what they imagine um, critical race theory to be, which is you know just history. I get it. I get it. Cause I I'm telling you I struggle with this stuff too. And and you know we had a class I have class on Thursdays, and it was about state sanctioned violence. And uh, just to look at that stuff, I get it, white people. If I were y'all, I wouldn't. I probably would shy away from this too. Because y'all have y'all have been the architects of a great deal of genocide, destruction, chaos, um, and just uh, pain and suffering in the world. So that's a hard pill to swallow. I get it. <laughs> press on, white people. Press on. <laughs> press on. If we can press on, you can press on. If indigenous people can press on, white people. You can press on. I know, I know, I know. And it's not like, you know, white supremacy has gone the way of the dinosaur. It has not. Um, listen, those people in Ukraine woke up this morning in Kiev, uh, in Kiev, Ukraine, this morning, get ready to go to work, get right their coffee, and here comes Putin again, lobbing them with bombs and stuff. I know they're like, can we just, when is this going to be over? <laughs> I know that, I know they're like, can somebody go and push him down the stairs or something in Russia? Because this, this, you know, listen, somebody tell Putin, these people are not going to let, are not going to let you take their country. You're not going to, you've been at this, what, six months now, damn near nine months or however many months it's been. 
these people are not going to let you take their country. They're not going to let you annex parts of their country. They're not going to let you do it. And you're going to be fighting this war to the detriment of your Russian people at every turn. You've already had, you've already seen thousands and thousands and thousands of your people, men fleeing the country. You have a country full of women who, and who got to care for children and they're not going to suit up and fight. They're just not because they're raising children and trying to hold it down. So, you know, I don't understand this dictator leadership ideology. I don't get it. If I'm the leader of a country, I want my country to be the best country on the earth. I want my people to be models for how the world could look. Not this, I'm going to grind my people into the ground at my own expense. Like why? I don't understand that leadership thinking. Why would you want to grind your people like that? You don't care about people. You don't care about your own people. You don't care about them. You want to treat them like trash? Because you what? You are never going to put back the U, the USSR. Never. First of all, dude, you're like 70 something years old. How much more time you think you've got on this planet before you start to get really, really sick and got to be taken out of there? You know, before your mind goes, before your body shuts down. How much more time you think you've got with this mess? And sure, sure, they'll get another crazy cat running Russia. But I doubt if they get one that'll want to do this mess that you're doing. Because you're going to need to rebuild your country. Honest to God. I, want, I, wish Rus- I wish Russian people could understand that what is happening to them doesn't secure their future. What it does is puts them onto a path of misery. That they're not gonna, that their children won't be able to recover from. That's that's really what it is. So you got a leader who gives no care about your well-being or the future of Russia. He just in this moment, and it's probably already have has the makings of early onset dementia, not even early onset, just the beginnings of that, with this kind of behavior and this kind of, I don't, I don't know what this is. Like treat your country do well in your country stop trying to take over other people's countries they don't want to come back to to under that rule and and you know listen i think russian people got to stand up now and start fighting back you know because i know the men are leaving they leaving in droves nobody's going to try to go fight they're going to go fight a war for what that where you'll never have peace <laughs> you okay say you say you win you're gonna always be fighting these people on their land because they never gonna give it up they never gonna give it up you'll never be able to have peace in that country never so i don't even i don't know what you're doing i don't know what you're doing and the rest of the world needs to come down harder on you I, I, the Russian people now, it's in your hands. You gotta, you all gotta start fighting in the streets. You all gotta take to the streets and start fighting in the streets because they can't arrest you all. They can't have troops in another part of the world, in another part of, in, in Ukraine and try to have peace and quiet at the house. Y'all get in them streets and start fighting. What, what are they gonna do? And, and, and you, you could overtake the police. You could do it. It's more of y'all than them. Get to fighting. Get busy. <laughs> Get in these streets. 
because y'all never got y'all not gonna have a future with this guy running your country you're not gonna have a future your kids not gonna have a future your grandchildren are not gonna have a future they're not gonna have a future they're not doing anything to build a future what they're doing is creating a path to destruction don't y'all want some peace don't you want to have something don't y'all want a better quality of life you don't want that you want to be constantly in struggle for something that was already done? Come on. You got to be kidding me. What kind of leader are what kind of leader are you that you don't want to see your your people rise up and 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 and, and, and win? What kind of leader are you? Dictators are us. All these dictators. I don't get it. I, I don't I wouldn't want to be a dictator. I I would want my country to look like Damn, they thriving over there. They thriving. I want I want to be down with them because they thriving. They got clean air, clean water. People got good housing. People have good jobs. The educational system is on point. Listen, we don't even have that in America. <laughs> it ain't without trying. But God knows. Y'all just grinding your people in the dirt. I was like, Jesus. I'm like, you're killing, just wholesale killing people. And that goes for any dictator. Listen, I, I got smoke for Putin. I got smoke for some of these African dictators. I got smoke for, for Kim Jong-un. I've got smoke for China. I got smoke for all these dictators. I got smoke for all y'all. Seriously. Y'all just running your people in the ground. Why? What, what is this? I don't, I'm trying to understand don't you want your people to have a good, prosperous life? I don't understand why you grinding them in the dirt. I don't see the point of it. And in this day and age, we still using tools of mass destruction. In this day and age, we still wholesale killing people for a takeover. And what are you gonna do with this takeover? You can't even run Russia. You can't even run your own country. You can't even feed your own people. Your own people are suffering. How are you trying to take over? And, the, and do you think that the world does not see you? <laughs> see, that's the thing when these old cats run stuff. They forget. This is a new day. We are in a digital age. We see what's happening. <laughs> There's no iron curtain. We see. <laughs> you got shears up, man. We see it. <laughs> we see you. It's no secret. Come on. Oh, we gonna you gonna control the media? Control. No, you you cannot. There's somebody always with some underground connection. Listen, if you learn anything from the transatlantic slave trade to this country, do you understand something about how information can flow? The underground railroad worked because there was people who were willing. To, to, to do that work and to go against the laws and government, all that kind of stuff for the, for the greater good of freedom. Same thing in your country, dude. There's people that get underground internet access and all that stuff. And you may think you shutting it down or rooting it out or whatever, but there is always resistance. There is resistance. <laughs> There is resistance. It's a real thing. There's always going to be people who are going to work for the greater good at great expense. 
to their personhood and to their livelihood and all of that. And God bless those people. God bless those people who, who said, we're going to break the laws. Because, you know, in this country, it was illegal. It was, it was against the law to teach Black people to read and write. Uh, slavery was a legal entity. You were not human. You were property. You were chattel. And, and if you ran away, uh, you, you were, you were property. You could be, you were returned, you know. So resistance is real. Men and women of good conscience uh, 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 lead revolutions all the time. <laughs> History bears this out. <laughs> I know there's Russians underground. Running, 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 running internet access, getting information out and feeding information. I know there is. I know it. I know it because the greater good requires it, calls for it. There's always going to be good men and women of conscience who will put their lives on the line. We've seen it time and time again. Harriet Tubman, all these people, John Brown, all kinds of people, you know, then, now, everywhere. So I don't, I don't you know, I don't understand how we are in this day and age having this level of destruction on any continent, on any continent. Why are we wholesale killing people over a cause or an idea or ideology or whatever? Why are we allowing him to do this? Because, he's, because he has nuclear weapons and he's threatening. Listen, let me tell you something. I would call that bluff. Like, listen, let me tell you something. You got nuclear weapons, but let me tell you, let me tell you how the wind blows. As soon as you drop it, it's going to blow back on your people and you won't be able to recover. You won't be able to recover. No one will be able to recover. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't, I don't, I don't understand how people, who is running these, who, why running this world this way? It's outrageous to me. With all the technology, with all the intellectual capital that exists in the world, we are still warring? Seriously? You know, there's cheaper ways to kill a whole bunch of people <laughs> without tanks and guns. So whole cheaper ways to do it. <laughs> That's just men mess. That's just men swinging their genitalia. <laughs> otherwise, I don't... I don't I don't understand any of this. I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Too much, too much, too much, too much. <sighs> but, you know, onward and upwards. We, we'll, we'll keep holding them in prayer. And, and all the people who are under persecution in the world, we'll, we'll keep holding them in prayer. And I know there are people working behind the scenes. I get it. I know. I know. There's people working behind the scenes and doing what they can. And, uh, and if we could get Ms. Griner up out of there, you know, and, and, and let's not lose sight of, uh, let's not lose sight of her, her, of her being there. Like, let's, let's keep this in the forefront of our hearts and minds. Um, you know, she's been going there for years and years and years, elevating their basketball league, their women's basketball league. Um, and then, and this is, and this is what they do. And, and I, I, I don't, 
you know, when I first heard the story, I was like a lot of people, I was like, girl, what are you doing? But then now, as time went on, I was like, that's just a setup. That's just a setup. She's been going there for years and years and years, you know? And 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 now they're just saying this stuff. Please. 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 So I'm just saying. Uh, uh, you know. Anyway. Um, let's just keep. Uh, Brittany Griner in our hearts and prayers. Uh, her wife has been so amazingly gracious and steadfast, and uh, and and trying to keep this in in the in the in the forefront of people's hearts and minds. And and I know that cannot be easy, you know. Uh, I know that cannot be easy, and uh, and I know that I know there are people working on this issue as we speak working to get her out of there, uh, um, working to for her a quick release uh, before they send her off to some damn labor camp. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. And now, you know what, we should have, we shouldn't, we should just boycott, no more athletes go over there and play for them. Like nobody, men, women, anybody. I don't, I don't care if you play jacks. Don't, don't go over there and play with them. <laughs> they need to be shut out for a little while out of, out of civilized conversation and civilized organized sports. They need to be just shut out. They can't come to the Olympics. They can't come to the World Grand Game Games. They can't even come to Special Olympics. Like just shut them out. Just act like they don't exist in the world for a period of time. Uh, that's what you got to do. Just, just don't let them participate in nothing. Just say, "Oh no, you can't. Nope, you we nope, we protesting. Just the protest, and it's peaceful. We we not shooting guns at you. We not lobbing insults. We not doing anything. We just uninviting you to stuff. Because y'all don't know how to play nice in the sandbox. And so if you can't play nice in the sandbox, you can't play. That's that's just how the world's got to get down with them." Just really has to get down with them like that. Just cut them off for a period of time. And I know that people are going to suffer. The people are going to suffer. I get it. I get the humanitarian aspect of this, you know. But, you know, listen, dictator actions have to have consequences. Has to have consequences. You know, I, I just, I feel very strongly about that. I feel very, very, very strongly. <laughs> I feel very strongly about that. But alas, we have our own problems in this country. And God knows we have a lot of problems. A lot, a lot. I, I tell you what, I, what I'm having trouble with is people thinking that police officers are somehow or other, uh, uh, are, have some kind of superpowers that they, that you have to obey them in ways that goes against uh, what the law says. And uh, it is not against the law to, uh, to question police officers when they stop you. It is not against the law. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, and here's, this, here's this backhanded notion of just comply, even though you don't have to comply. So, cause the goal is to get home. And so that makes me think, 
that the police officer can just kill you without cause or make up cause to kill you and get away with it. Because that's what's been happening. And, and we've got to come to grips about what we want policing to look like in this country. No one should have a cop roll up on them and then they automatically see it as a death sentence. Oh my God, a cop pulled me over, so therefore I know this might be the end. I, I, that is not good for any community. That is stress and post-traumatic stress rolled into one. That we somehow or other empowered police to be the Gestapo, right? Like, how did, how did we get here? Well, I know how we got here, white supremacy, racism, and a disregard for humanity. That's how we got here. How do we get away? How do we move forward? Particularly when you just saw a case where a, a, a new police officer, is this in Texas? The new police officer, seven months on the job, throws out all the training he's been given and kills this kid in his car. This kid is at a fast food restaurant eating a burger with a friend parked. And he's going to get out of his car and he's going to say, oh, that's the car that ran off from me the other week. And I'm thinking, and, and it wasn't. It's just, he just made that up or thought it was that guy or a kid or whatever. And then he goes to the car, opens the door, and then shoots this kid. Well, the kid drives off. He's like, I don't, what are you doing? I'm, I'm having a burger. I'm going home. And then he shoots him, kills him. How does that keep happening? How does that keep happening? You know why? Because we are allowing that to happen. Because we are, we are, we are not, we are getting away from the what we want policing to be and empowering them to be judge, uh, jury, and executioner. And, and that's what's happening. That's what's happening. Now listen, for every, for every, for every one of those kinds of cases, you get cases where people are shooting at cops deliberately. And cops have to defend themselves and cops get killed in the line of duty. That this is that's a different animal. We're not talking about that. The majority of the population of people are not shooting at cops. They're not trying to kill cops. The majority of people respect the work that cops do, that policing is an honorable profession and we need them. The majority of people feel that way. I know it. The, the problem I have. The, the problem that I have is that um, we've got to put in some other kind of training training opportunities and training schedules so that cops connect their humanity to what they do. I'm not I'm not suggesting that you know they 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 have to be soft on crime. I, that's that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we we've got to train them to sort of think about humanity when they are doing their work, you know, because there's too many people dying at the hands of police officers, you know, and, 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 and it's usually not because they're shooting at cops, it's because cops feel like they're being disrespected and I will show you kind of mentality, you know, just, just a blatant disregard, you know, you just because a, 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 a somebody pull you pull somebody over and they talk slick to you, that you you don't get to police that. 
you get to state why you're pulling them over. And if they're not, uh, and if you're not arresting them, what are you doing? You, you don't got to give nobody a talk or, or some kind of, you're not their father or their parent or any of that stuff. You, I, I don't understand any of that. And I've been pulled over by cops, you know. And the, and the attitude, the attitude is one that is just, it doesn't fit what is happening in the moment. Like, what are you doing? You know, but there are great cops out there. I know a great many of amazing police officers who understand that, that, that the work that they're doing is the safety of community and of people. There's so many good cops out there who understand that, who understand it who just want to do their job because it's an honorable job and they care about uh, 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 community and, and where they are. There's a lot of good cops like that. A lot of good cops. And I think it's going to take good cops to say, Hey, this is, this is not, this is not how I want my job to be viewed as I, I don't want to be seen as the enemy because I'm not because I, I care about, kids playing in the neighborhood. I care about all these things. And, and, and I'm not going to treat everybody that I come in contact with as a bad actor. I'm not going to treat everybody I come in contact with as a bad actor. And, uh, and that's, that's, uh, yes, yes, Senator Winfield, uh, the issues as lawful orders are are uh, usually clearly defined in statute. We did this in 2021. You know, so so I don't know how I don't know how we I don't know how we get to the humanity of people unless they get the role playing in 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 training in in, in training where you know they get shoved against a car or a gun get pulled on them or something like that, like some real life kind of experiences to make them think. I don't like this, so therefore I'm not going to do this. <laughs> I don't like this, so therefore I don't, I don't, I don't like to do this. And uh, and I, I I tell you, I I don't like cops behind me. And I was a damn police commissioner for three, four years. I don't like cops pulling up behind me. And I know when they pull up behind me, they run my plates. I know it. You know, I know it. I, I just don't, I don't like it. I don't like that feeling of of what is going to happen in this situation. <clears throat> and I've had cops, you know, tell me a little bit. Not recently, but I've had it happen. You know, I, I don't like that feeling either. You know, because I'm always thinking, okay, who who do I need to call? Because you know, and uh, years ago, I used to have uh, police captains' phone numbers in my phone. I was like, you know what? If I get pulled over, I'm gonna call Chief So and So right now. <laughs> I'm gonna put him on speakerphone because this gun, this gun, this not gonna go well. And I know everybody does not have that privilege to do that. I thank God I never had to. I had to do that. But there were moments when I felt like, wait a minute, what is happening here? <laughs> I tell you about the time I was in Hamden, and the Hamden cop pulled me over. My kids was little. I had a minivan. I had a Ford Windstar and uh, a police pulled me. It was like, I don't know, it was like 10 o'clock at night. We were coming. I think I was coming from some some 
something, something. But I was driving through Hamden on Whitney Avenue uh, up by um, uh, early, early Whitney had like a couple of blocks from near City Hall, near Town Hall, and it, like going under the bridge. And a cop pulled me over. And I wasn't speed. I mean, I'm in a minivan. Like minivans are not Formula One cars, right? <laughs> a minivan is not a Formula One car. So I'm not, I'm not speeding first because I got my babies in the car. So for and it's an egg on wheels. Egg on wheels don't go fast. You never see egg on wheels in chase scenes in movies. You just don't see it. <laughs> so he pulled me over and he's like talking a little slick to me, like, where are you going? I was like, where am I going? I'm, 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 I'm going home. So then he goes, well, where are you coming from? Where am I coming from? And this is how I'm talking to him because I'm getting annoyed. <laughs> I was like, where am I going? I said, offer is, is something happening? Like, what is happening? He's like, uh, well, it's late at night. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not 12. <laughs> I'm a grown ass woman with four babies in the car. And, my, and then by this point, my kids is, they starting to wake up, so they sit up because the car has stopped. And so they're thinking we home, so they sit up and then they see the flashing lights and they're nervous. I'm nervous because I'm like, what is, what is, you know, what's going on here? So at that time, I still had my, my police badge because, you know, police commissioners, we all had little badges and my police ID, I kept it in my wallet. So when he was like, give me your license and register, I'm like, he was talking a little slick, a little hot to me. So I was like, all right. So I give him my license and my registration, you know, all the documents that they asked me for. And I hand him my badge and my New Haven um, police commissioner identification, which I still have. Um, and then he goes to his car, he runs my place, come back and he's like, okay, um, um, nice to meet you, Commissioner Ivy, blah, 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 blah. I said, sir, why did you pull me over? Oh, it's just routine stuff. I was hot. When I got home, I called Mel Waring was the chief at that time. I called him up and he's like, Baz, don't you worry. I got this. And he called the hands and police and, and told them, don't you ever do that again? Like, why did you do that? Why did you do that? You know, he only did it because I was black. That's the only, there was no other reason. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in the egg on wheels. What? <laughs> Last I checked, drug dealers was not driving minivans and they don't have kids in the car. <laughs> I didn't rob no liquor store, nothing. I'm just coming through Hamden. And I know and Hamden is notorious, you know, if they're not sitting on that New Haven Hamden line looking for trouble, then they try to pull you over, you know, and when you're in Hamden proper. It just made me, it made me nervous because it made my kids nervous. And he never really said what he pulled me over. I didn't have a broken tail light, all my, everything worked. Like it was a new minivan. I, and I, I never, I, I just, it was just a terrible feeling. It was just, it was just a terrible, terrible feeling terrible feeling. So anyway, for the purposes of subdivision, a lawful order is an order issued by a police officer who is in uniform or has identified him or him, herself as a police officer to the person such order is issued to at the time such order is issued and which order is reasonably related to the fulfillment of the duties of the police officer who is issuing such order does not violate any provision of state or federal law and is only issued for the purpose of 
preventing, detecting, investigating, or stopping a crime, protecting a person or property from harm, or suspend, apprehending a person suspected of a crime, enforcing law, regulating traffic, assisting in emergency relief, and including an administrative administration of first aid. That's your, that's the duty. <laughs> that's the duty. Not beat my ass because I'm talking slick or you think I'm talking slick or you think I'm being disrespectful. I'm not a child. I'm 59 years old. I, you're not going to talk to me in your kind of way. I don't, I don't care. He's like, sir. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm respectful, but I wasn't 59 at the time that this, this happened, but it, it, it just, it just, you know, just, it just works my nerves, but I, you know, I've, I've never had, I've never had any problems with New Haven cops. I've never had, even when I got pulled over by New Haven cops, they've been nice. <laughs> they've been very nice and respectful. <laughs> I've never had any problems with New Haven cops. I never, 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 never. Each time they pulled me over and I've been pulled over a few times. You know, a couple of times my cops who knew me and they just wanted to say hi. <laughs> and, and they've since retired, so I'm not getting nobody in trouble. <laughs> so a couple of times I got pulled over with flashing lights. I was like, who the heck? What the hell? I was like, oh. And then there was a couple of times I ran, a, I ran, ran through a red light or I ran a stop sign or something. And, and I don't do that anymore, like, because I just find that to be risky. Uh, but when you're when you're driving at night, you know, um, I remember I got pulled over one time at, um, I was driving, my brother, when he first came out, he, um, he had to, uh, we had to drive him to um, Waterbury for work. His job was in Waterbury. So we had to drive him at like three o'clock in the morning. And I was coming down Whaley Avenue by where the gas station sits right there on Whaley and, and Davis Street, uh, Dayton, Dayton Street. And there's a gas station right there, but there's a red light like right there. And I was, I was going to the gas station. So the light was red. So I turned right into the gas station from the red light and the cop pulled me over and gave me a ticket talk about you can't do that you can't i was like sir i'm just it's it's there's no other cars out here i'm i'm it's three three thirty in the morning i'm getting gas he was such an asshole about that i mean i i listen if i broke the law i broke the law but you could give me some grace about that so he gave me a ticket my brother was the guy my brother was a little freaking out because he was like i want no trouble <laughs> I just got home. I got to get to work. <laughs> I mean, we got there, but I was so I was so annoyed. I was so annoyed, and uh, and I challenged the ticket and it got thrown out. But the fact that, um, you know that 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 was going. I, I as a single woman, as a black woman, there are some some things that I will make a judgment call out there in these streets when I'm driving at night. I just will. I'm not going to sit at a red light and, and New Haven's red lights are notoriously long. And I just feel unsafe when I'm sitting someplace where it says no turn on red. And I'm like, it's one o'clock in the morning or it's where I'm leaving. I'm leaving some event or some bar or some restaurant or whatever. And it's late at night. I don't, I don't want to be sitting in neighborhoods that I know are hot. You know what neighborhoods are hot. I, I live in a hot neighborhood. I don't want to be sitting at a red light 
in a hot neighborhood or any neighborhood and all New Haven, all for me, all New Haven neighborhoods are hot if you're there at the right time. So I just don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to do it. So I'll turn, I'll, I'll make a judgment. You know, I'll, I'll make that turn on, off of off of where it says do not turn. I'm like, mm, I'm sitting here. It's one o'clock in the morning. And this light takes about eight minutes. <laughs> eight minutes. I could be halfway. I could be already pulling in my driveway. I'm just saying. So it's these kinds of safety decisions that, you know, so many of us have to make because, it, you know, the, the, during the day, who cares? During the day. I'm less likely to do that because there's like people while traffic is moving. There's all kinds of activity. But when you come home late at night after 11 o'clock at night, midnight, whatever, particularly in, in the summer and, you know, things is jumping off and, you know, people, you know, it's just, I, I, I just have to make a, a safety judgment. And I do. And I, I'm not apologizing for that. I, I'm a good driver. I'm very thoughtful. And I like to follow the rules of the road. But there are moments when you're like, Mm-mm, I'm not going to sit here. <laughs> nope. Because these lights are long. Listen, if you you want to roll with me some nights, I'll show you all the ones, lights that are that are questionable. You know, there are, there are some questionable lights that ought to be like turning quickly so that nobody is dawdling. Like nobody is sitting there. I'm popping my fingers like quick, quick, quick. Cause it 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 gives you pause to think about your own safety, and 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 putting yourself in harm's way. And this whole carjacking business is very real, and people are still out there doing that mess. You know, God help me, cause I I can't run anymore, right? So, you know, I, if somebody carjacks me, they got to give me a minute to get out the car, and hopefully they won't snatch me and drag me out the car and throw me throw me on the ground on these new hips. <laughs> I'm like, listen, you had a car. Let me let me get out gently and easily. <laughs> that's that's my only requirement. Don't snatch me and throw me to the ground. I'm an old lady now. Like I'm, you know, I got new hips. I don't want to break them. And I, I damn sure don't want to go back to the hospital and have them like repair them or replace them when I just got them. So so that's a real that's a real. That's a real thing. I, I no longer get gas late at night anymore. When I was a young woman, it'd be nothing. It'd be nothing to get um, gas. You scared the mess out of me, Margo. <laughs> I get gas. I'd be like, okay, I got some gas. Okay, 11 o'clock, midnight, get some gas. Nah, nope, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I got to think about my own safety. That's the things you got to think about now. Got to think about that. I try not. To, I try to go to a gas station that looks like it's got some some movement to it, you know. I try to go to gas stations that are on main main intersections and main fairways, you know. These are the kinds of things you gotta think about, you know. Uh, I, I think about when I get out my car, I look around, and I make sure I pay attention, because those are the things you gotta think about for your own safety. So anyway, so I, I say all that to say I'm not I'm I'm not anti police. I'm not. Uh, I believe that police officers do an amazing job and it's a tough job and I get it. I absolutely understand that. But I also understand that too many people are dying at the hands of these police officers who don't give a damn about anybody's humanity and that this job is an extension of some foolishness that they themselves have internalized and they have not 
not not hammered out. That and I and I mean that when I see these police officers who 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 have become jaded on the job or you know uh, uh, have just taken on these these I don't want to say macho because there's some women women out there too who are a little over the top but you know but for the most part I think New Haven has not um, risen to the level of some other places in the country you know I think because there's still some residue of community policing that still gets talked about and shared in our police uh, in our police department and 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 that's like a the city on the hill kind of thinking, you know. Um, and so, I, you know, listen, I, I love seeing the cops in my neighborhood when I'm walking. I love seeing them when they walk past the porch and I say hi, you know, and they say hi. Thank you. I love when I uh, I'm, I'm over at the Lincoln Park and I see them park and they call me out. And they're like, yeah, we listen. <laughs> I, I I think we got a I think we got a good police department. You know, I think it can only get better. I think there's room for a great deal of getting better. So anyway, I got to go. And uh, y'all have a good day. I'm back tomorrow. We got guests at 1015. Paul Nunez is in the house. So I'm looking forward to talking to him. And uh, I hope y'all tune in. So y'all be good. Be nice out on these straight streets. And police department, be safe out there. Officers, be safe. All right, Nora. Thank you for the week. You've been amazing. Harry, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> 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 <laughs>